Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining the Data Binge podcast today. I'm your host, Derek Russell. And today, I hope you're ready to turn up the heat because I've got a very special guest on today. Someone who I actually work with super closely, that I greatly respect, and that I've learned such a tremendous amount from in the little time that I've been working here on the data and AI team here at Microsoft in Orange County, California. Alexander DeLaRue will be joining us today on the show. And Alex is a senior solution architect on our team. So you can think of him as a CTO uh, role level in the data realm for our largest customers. And Alex is a fascinating guy. He's got these philosophies on high-performance problem solving that will just blow you away. He's one of those people that will just clash up against any extremely difficult problem and he'll disappear for a few days and he'll come back with this elegant and simply clean solution set and framework. Anything from learning a new skill, a technology, developing out a complete architecture, a working data model. Uh, He's getting into artificial intelligence now, machine learning. He's got lessons that I think we can all take away and think deeply about uh, that we can apply to our own work philosophies, things that we can do to help us be high performant when we need to um, in challenging environments. I really hope you enjoy the conversation and I'm looking forward to sharing more with you in the future. So thank you so much for listening. And now I bring you Alexander DeLaRue. Alex DeLaRue, how are you, my man? I'm good. I'm good, Derek. How's it going yourself? How are you? I know I'm, you came back from a, a little trip here. So Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you for joining the Data Binge podcast. I know it's been some time I've been trying to catch you, um, but it's, it's hard to pull you out of the laboratory, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, so me and you uh, have been lucky to work with each other last year. Uh, we had a, I think we had a phenomenal year together. Um, where I was a more of a digital strategist and you were more of a senior solution architect, um, where I was going and trying to uh, procure attention in big businesses through our account portfolio. And you were then taking some of the themes that are going on in the industry and you were templatizing them in an architecture, technology architecture that made sense for them. Um, we had a great time last year. Then this, this year we're actually paired... Um, yep. twofold yep. or threefold or whatever you want to call it. We're just, we're one-on-one this year. We're working together uh, specifically and strictly. So I'm really excited about that. And uh, the way I like to introduce you to people is you're one of the more brilliant um, technologists I've ever met. So that's why I have you on today. So <laughs> give us a little bit more about you. What do you do at Microsoft? Just tell us about yourself so we can get to know you. <clears throat> Um, yeah, well, it wasn't an intro like that. Oh, I hope I'm not going to disappoint anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be fun. Um, <laughs> you're putting the bar pretty high. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right out the gate. Yeah, this year we're going to be, uh, we, 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 we're going to be flying together or sinking together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Microsoft, so yeah, I'm a, a data and AI, I like to call that solution architect. So, um, the area of UC is is anything covering data. You know, uh, the, the the goal of all is sort of to be a, sort of a CTO like advisor to to a customer, and um, you know, mastering sort of the the technology stack uh, at Microsoft, but also coming from a standpoint of having some sort of an opinion on the experience um, of the fields to know what it takes to put projects together. 
um, <clears throat> and our goal is really to help the customer realize, you know, a vision as far as delivering business value through the, the leverage of data and AI. And so we're here to sort of uh, listen to them, guide them, and help them surface sort of uh, business opportunities or help them develop business opportunities uh, with technology. And so we come here, I come here, but I don't work alone on this with you. Right? We also have supporting roles at Microsoft and with our partners to kind of uh, take an idea. And then I see us as the accelerator. We're trying to show the value and prove the value as fast as possible to a customer and show them, hey, this stuff is real now. If you really want it, this is this is how it's done. And this is how fast you can get to it. Um, and so we're trying to kind of, uh, you know, put aside, you know, all the, the potential showstopper, identify them, put a plan in place and uh, and get them, you know, to that point. So. I think that's that's sort of the way that I, I see the world, and it's it's super exciting because it's literally like you know being having the opportunity to be a, to be like a, a high level technical and business advisor to our customers and help them kind of jump on the on the ship of what's going on these days, which is you know massive acceleration of uh, technology driven opportunities. That's great, and and it's such a word. So that's the world. <laughs> that's phenomenal, and we're and we're in such a big company um not every role is created equal so there's not another doubt alex de there's not really another Derek russell because things again everyone has so many different mixed experiences um, i i don't have a technology background which is interesting um, i have a business background so a lot of my peers 99 percent of them have technology backgrounds so yeah. i'm looking at your background and you've been a cto and a co-founder at multiple startups um, everything from workforce analytics to technology consulting and strategy. And you, you worked for this business called Awesome Minimum. And I thought that was pretty interesting. We spoke about that. And mm-hmm. how can you talk a little more about what that was, why you did it, and how that affects how you approach a business problem? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> let's see the story here. Yeah. So that was probably around 2000, uh, 2008, something like that. But I think what, what happened to me is, uh, and I think it's something similar that's happening right now, is, uh, uh, you know, early mid-2000s, you get Amazon Web Services with, uh, you know, uh, basically, you know, IS, you know, infrastructure as a service coming up. That, that kind of drove uh, a few things home when it comes to entrepreneurship, right? You could basically start with no CapEx, right? You have an idea. You can just get started. You just click, a few, make a few clicks, put a credit card, and here you go. You get going. Now, that was one accelerator. But one thing that I've started to see that I saw at this point was going to the next level, and it was delivering this platform completely as a service without even the infrastructure. So there was a company called, uh, still exists, uh, Heroku, uh, founded in, I think, mid-2007. That was delivering basically one-click a push where all you had to focus on was the code. So if you have your code base and you push it through GitHub, you bit, they basically take care of the deployment. The database is passed, the application is passed, and then you can scale up and down with a slide with a slider, which you know in 2007 is incredible. Yeah, it's brand new. So as soon as I saw this company here, and they were only running on Ruby on Rails, that was the only uh, language they supported, um, which I didn't know about. <clears throat> and, but I was like, you got to know when it's time to kind of jump into 
into into a train that's about to leave or like a high speed train and say, you know, uh, there is something here. I need to learn it. I need to learn it quick. And I was like, you know, why are they doing this on Ruby on Rails? There's got to be a reason for it. And I kind of got into learning the language quickly. And as I started to learn about it and see the sort of the foundations of, uh, well, it's more of a framework. The language is Ruby, but the framework is Ruby on Rails. And I um, uh, started to learn about the philosophy behind it and so on, how it got created and it got me super excited. And then I look at all the pre-integration that was available in that language. And it enabled you to basically go from you know, thinking about an idea to having this implemented and running live in production, literally in, in a few hours, uh, which to me was like incredible, knowing what you need to typically do. Like if you were going with, uh, you know, IaaS approach, you still need to set up servers, web servers, databases, all that stuff. And here, no, I don't have to worry about any of that. I just have to have my idea, use a few templates, code it, and then I press a button and I have it. And then I was like, man, this is incredible. Uh, there is a an ability at this time to get to such a higher pace of development. Like I got, I got to catch this, and um, I felt at this point that the uh, sort of the models around all the logic that you have between different teams, like IT, infrastructure, application development, and so on, would need to start to collapse because they just don't work anymore. We are at a different different pace. And the idea of awesome minimum was like, okay, what, what do I do with this? Like there's something to do. And I'm, I was looking for sort of a project to kind of get started. Um, and I was quite involved in uh, photography at this point, uh, shooting um, some, some fashion photography and things like that. And I, I was like, well, there's this website that I use and it's not that great, but it has tons of users. Like what if I could just redo this in like three months? You know, that stuff was put together in three, four years. I'm like, can I can I do it just myself, as a as a challenge, you know, in three months? Um, and I did that. And also, minimum is the idea of like really picking just things that that really matters as far as business value, and and trying to do that with as few people as possible. And in that case, it meant just me. So like, what if I were the entire stack, like the CEO all the way to IT? Can I can I actually do this with this technology, right? And uh, and I and I did that right. And by doing this, you know, I learned a ton. I got inspired a lot by um, Ruby and Rails. Comes from uh, uh, you know a guy that's working for a company called Thirty Seven Signals that created Basecamp, which is a a, a nice uh, product that helps you to set up projects and kind of manage projects in a very unstructured manner. Um, and um, so anyway, I, I was. I was uh, using using their product, <laughs> which is Basecamp, to manage my own projects. Uh, using Ruby on Rails, which is a product of their company, they put together this framework to develop rapid applications, and and kind of uh, uh, got it there to that point. I actually launched my uh, sort of my new version of this website that I was that I was leveraging for uh, fashion photography. Uh, run it a little bit, and then. Uh, realized that I came a little too late. But what, what came at this point was Facebook and Facebook started to kind of take over uh, this type of platform. So I kind of missed, missed the train. Uh, but it was a great exercise as far as seeing how much you can do when you kind of break the barriers and you really focus on, um, uh, you know, challenging yourself and say, is there a technology out there that's completely changing the landscape? And, and if so, 
you know, what is it? And, and, and kind of challenge yourself to try to do something that seems impossible uh, with very, very few resources. Um, so that's, that's, that's what it was. And then what I learned from them became a consulting company. Then I kind of pivoted the company from kind of running this website to, uh, to like, I'm just going to learn what I have here and offer that as a service to people because I, I, I see how things have changed and how much you could accelerate by really focusing on, uh, uh, on your business value and re-questioning everything about technology, right? And those things happen once in a while. And I think it happened at that point uh, when, 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 when basically platform became, uh, I mean, you basically could, could just focus on the code and just push it out and then get an application running. Um, and that is happening now, I think, again, uh, with AI and the, the sheer house power that, that is available to anybody to be able to say, well, what seems to be impossible two, three years ago, uh, now it's totally possible and it's not expensive and it's very quick to put together, extremely quick. And I feel like it's the same type of wave. So that's like, you know, 10 years, 10 years apart, but it's something similar. So, um, so. that so that's starting to make help me make sense of how you work <laughs> on particular products and, and projects because you tend to take a look at a problem and you tend to most of the time think it's very easy and you kind of identify, <laughs> yeah. you do, and you, you most of the time you identify very, very leading edge solutions or platforms that are either SaaS applications or capabilities in the cloud. Um, and you like to just put something together for the most part. You like to put like an, arch- like an architecture or a shell together. You like to go and do that. And that takes, you might take you 15, 20, 30 hours but you go and do it and then you come to the customer and say, this is possible and this is kind of how it's possible. Um, now it's, let's really go big and let's implement this throughout your organization, um, yeah. which I've seen work super well. So for people who don't think that way, who don't look at problems that way, what is some advice for you um, for either young technologists or any even business people to Start to right, think right. like Alex in, in this fashion. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think I think part of it is um, you got you got to first believe that it's it, it, it's possible, and that comes with experience. Um, and you got to understand maybe why you're doing it. What are you trying to do? And then and is there is there is there a why? Because you're gonna have to circle around the why to really refine the requirements to the absolute minimum and to be able to say no to things that actually are not helping you. Got and that's it. usually the hardest part. So you want to say, well, yeah, you, you're trying to accomplish that because of A. So let's just use that as a driver for the decisions that we make because most of the projects fail or drag because you don't know when to cut things out. Right? That's the hardest thing to do is to say, this is not necessary. Right. Again, back to this also minimum, it's about figuring out what is that minimum. And when you find it, uh, you, you, you will see that it's so much easier to make decisions and then get to actually implement what you want. So when I approach a project, I'm trying to really see you know, what, what is it, what's the essence of what you're trying to do uh, so that you cut the fat everywhere right? and that you don't try to overcomplicate things. Um, and then it's about knowing that I think the human brain is 
is trying to make you believe that everything is very long and takes time, a lot of time, because that's the experience you usually get for, for a lot of reasons. And it's to say, you know what, uh, I'm just going to change myself. Like, uh, I want to do it in one tenth of this time. Is it possible? Let me just try it. Right. And, <clears throat> and by doing this, you're just putting such high requirements that it helps you to find what's really meaningful and what's not. And you cut out a lot of things because we tend to want to add features and things all the time and want to want to get the moon every time with everything. But if you set the right constraints, you become very creative. Uh, and that's, that's just, that's, that's the essence of creativity. You need constraints. You cannot be creative if you don't have constraints. So you got to put some very strong constraints, aggressive, and then it helps you to find something that is simple, beautiful, and actually works and delivers most of what you want. And if it doesn't deliver a piece of what you want, then just consider what's the, what's the, the actual ROI on that to actually need it now. Maybe I should wait six months and in six months there will be an elegant solution to it. I don't have to solve everything right now. I should just be looking for what's quick, quick wins because things go so fast that what you're trying to solve now that's difficult. Maybe it's not difficult in six months. Maybe it's not relevant in six months. Wow. That's super profound. So you are more of a, you're, you're almost like a minimalist, a minimalist yeah. in specking right. things and in designing things. What, what did Steve Jobs say? Uh, simplicity is the ultimate form of perfection or something along the yeah. lines of that. Sophistication. Sophistication. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so that's kind of what, how you're, you're thinking right now. Um, yeah, that's definitely, yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, absolutely. Very inspired by, by this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, lo- I, lo- I, love, I love designs in, in many, many areas. And uh, um, yeah, it, 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 it's that, but it's, uh, I think it's a lot about, it's problem solving with constraints, you know? So you got to understand what, what is the goal? Uh, what are the constraints? Um, and then it's about believing that you can, you can do it and there usually is a solution. And so um, it's, it takes, yeah, it takes practice. But once you once you get it, when you've had a few successes, then you understand that this is how things can work, and it's up to you to kind of approach things that way. Take control of the <laughs> the system. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you so you're you're kind of a fast operator, lean and mean, cut the fat, get straight to the, mm-hmm. the focus point of the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you also have yeah, a, yeah. you also have a ton of other experience. You. I'm just looking at your educational background and you have an, uh, a master's in ocean engineering and a master's of electrical engineering and computer science. So you've got all these different uh, nodes of experience here. Um, now, as a, and, you're, and I know you're getting farther into data science and you're getting farther into mm-hmm. artificial intelligence through our, through our cognitive yeah. services here at Microsoft and um, obviously you have exposure to GitHub and you like, you probably like open source and you're doing a lot of development on your own. Um, so for folks that have, uh, a lot of different experiences, um, how do you pull all those different experience pieces together as part of your approach? How do I pull them together? You mean how does that help me, or how do yeah, I yeah, like leverage that for projects? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, if you're, know, um, I'm trying to find. I think maybe the the the, the commonality into into all of this. Um, 
because at the end, you know, it's uh, it's sort of a philosophy that you have to have as far as how do you work and what what drives you, what makes you, you know, feel that you're accomplishing things. You know, um, mm-hmm. what, what makes what makes your 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 job, your life fulfilling. And so it's more like you know, I have a lot of different experiences in a lot of different fields. Yeah, I've done, you know, I've, I've coded, you know, <laughs> I put mini operating systems and robot that play soccer when I was in France doing a master's in <laughs> science. And, you and think it helped them win the uh, the World Cup? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> See, we practice early with robots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it's got to be over, over the place, and I, and I, you know, my my personality is I get interested into into a lot of things, and I, I kind of go deep, but I go deep very fast because I take the same approach and trying to find in any new area, you know, where, what's the eighty percent that gives me uh, most of the understanding of what's going on, um, and then I like to, to kind of step back and say, you know, what did I learn here? Why why was it uh, you know satisfactory? Is there is, is there anything here that I can translate from one one field to another? And I really love to do that. I love to to look at some experience I had in a certain field and say, how does that match a very different um, a very different area? And it could be even I did this at some point. I took a break after um, uh, doing some consulting, um, and I went to back to school to study. Um, you know, architecture, not software architecture, actual architecture and, and urban design. And I was surprised to see how there was a, a clear connection between, you know, designing software and designing buildings. You know, it's very similar. It's about uh, looking at constraints, understanding what you're trying to do. And then I understood why I took pleasure into this. And I felt like oh, I was I was pretty good very quickly into, you know, in, in that field. I really had a lot of fun. I had, you know, my 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 project, my final was 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 pretty pretty well received, and I never you know never touched that field right. But uh, uh, you know, introspection later on was like realizing that those things are really very very similar. Um, so I mean, I I think I encourage people to kind of go and and you know go deep in a few other areas of interest, and they'll probably learn about themselves about what drives them. You know what what yeah what drives them really right and then. Yeah can help you to probably approach new challenges, you know, get into a new area and say, you know, I know how to tackle this. Yeah. So I don't know how we answer your question, but that's how I leverage what I've learned. No, I really appreciate what you said about experience translation and how you're looking for patterns. And it also goes along with the way that you approach problems with your awesome minimum mentality. Um, So getting to a real example and this is an example I can't even describe to people because when they ask me, how are, how are you and Alex successful here? I basically just say, Alex is a monster. <laughs> he goes in the, he's a monster. He goes in the account, he crushes like he's the, he's the best. Like what do you, what do you expect? <laughs> you know, what I mean? that, that's the only way I can describe. But so we approached a business. Yeah. Um, uh, a, a hospital, a hospital business, um, right. a, a healthcare business who had about a thousand hospitals globally. Um, and they wanted to be a cloud first organization. And they were very much on premises. They had a right. ton of, a, t- a ton of failures in these different assets because um, 
it was all on the ground systems, uh, very legacy. And um, mm-hmm. we approached them and you yeah. encouraged them and helped them consume um, compute and storage on one of our most, I would like to say, most leading edge, uh, phenomenal architectures, mm-hmm. technologies, Cosmos right. DB, right. which most mm-hmm. people in the organization doesn't even know the definition of Cosmos DB. Nor yeah. did you, or nor did you know how to spell it. So it's like <laughs> that's I'm, right. Yeah, you, you know. So, like, what did you do in that circumstance? And now we're and now they're consuming AI, and we just got them to. Uh, we're now we're developing with them uh, the right, ability right. to translate uh, speech to text and communicate yeah, that into yeah. MR system. Just an incredible technology. Um, so, what was? How did you apply this awesome minimum? This this experience translation, this way of thinking, how do you apply that to this customer? Um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I think the, the, the yeah, it's a, it's a good example. I think this, the, the context here and the, the good thing about this customer is that they, they have, they, they know why, they know why they wanted to go there. Uh, they knew that they had to go there because uh, they would basically be, become irrelevant pretty quickly. Uh, once you understand what you can do in, in, in this world and say, you know, it wouldn't take too much for a a newcomer to, I mean, it's a complex field. I don't want to say you can, you can redo what it did in six months. That is not the case, but you could probably have a newcomer coming in that field and say, you know, we're going to, we're going to have something that's completely cloud-based. That's very AI focused and they were just, you know, 10% of what the software does, but be something that is very uh, uh, threatening. And I think they understood that they had to really get to the next level. And company-wise, they, they they have a culture of data. I think you know they really collect everything they do very well. It's super. It's it's well structured. They, they have tons of data, and they know that this is an asset that they need to leverage. So I think the the context was good that they they wanted to get there. They had a reason for it, and they have the right uh, culture uh, around data. And then what made it work there is just helping them to say, hey, you've, you've been kind of uh, worried about that move because it is a very, very big move, right? It's a very different technology. We're talking about rebuilding everything. And that's kind of scary. Uh, but there are ways to do it in, in phases and hybrid ways that are not that scary. And I think what, you know, worked for them is to see uh, you know, me and, and us were a few, a few of us at the end, you know, existing here and there, but kind of um, relate my past experiences because I've done that before, you know, complete rewrite, re-architecture. Um, and so, you know, it's not, it's not as bad as it seems. Again, back to if you ask anybody to do an estimate, they'll tell you, yeah, it's two years, three years, right? Yeah. But, you know, maybe you can do it in three months. So <laughs> challenge yourself. But it was about kind of tackling uh, tackling some of those things and just just going through through use cases and and kind of make them comfortable that hey this technology it's not like right here we actually use it at Microsoft internally it's massively deployed it's been in production for years it's brand new to the market but it's not new technology uh, you should trust it and then this is exactly how it works you know be very transparent and make them see okay it's not going to do this well it's going to do this very well so you're just going to be using for this. Um, and kind of get them to to that spot where they felt extremely comfortable with with what they were getting, um, and then you know putting a plan together to 
to go there, you know, in phases, and which I always recommend. Um, and and this has worked pretty well, and I'm actually very impressed by what what they are doing because they're really going fast with this. You know, they just keep on going, and I think it was liberating for them to to go from this big idea that they had for probably for years and didn't know how to start and how to tackle to get from there to being comfortable to then doing a first phase and then like oh yeah we can just do it all and now they just want to do it as fast as possible that's a that's great and so you just hearing you talking about that is just starting to help me describe what you bring to the table i think you're a you're a big idea accelerator big like you do very well with monster ideas that are hard to tackle and I think some of these yeah. things that you're talking about, like doing things in modules, phases, taking one bite at a time, using what you learned, extrapolating it to additional phases, um, yeah. doing things quickly. I mean, that's that's huge. Yes. Quickly. It, it, yeah, always. You, you want to keep people excited. And so you, you don't keep people excited by having a two years project. It doesn't work. It's got <laughs> yeah. to be short. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's true. Yeah. It's, at the end of the day, what drives things is people. And so you got to find something that is exciting because you're like, oh yeah, if I work on this for months and a half, I'm going to see the value. This is exciting. So you want you want things quick. I think even it just doesn't work if it's not quick. I think. Yeah. So if you're if you're a business leader, decision maker, what well, it doesn't matter. You could be C suite executive. You could be someone who owns a P and L, product developer, yeah. mm-hmm. CIO, CTO, whatever. Um, for for a big business that you could, you could be in the financial industry, an industry that's not super, super tech focused right now, um, or is trying to be, um, yeah. what would, what is your advice for folks in, in that role? Like, how would you, if you had to make some major changes in the business, how would you use your current line of thinking to start making changes today? Mm-hmm. Uh, what I would, I would advise, um, to, Think like you you have nothing today. You know, what if you you were in that business and you were starting from scratch? What would you do? You know, because that's going to tell you what would, what is really essential to the business. Um, how would you compete with yourself? Right. Um, what would I do if I were to be a startup and trying to disrupt myself? You know, where where would I attack? Because this is probably where your competition is going to be coming from. And so you want to be there first. And then uh, think about, okay, I have no legacy. How would I approach this if I have no legacy? You know, infrastructure, organization, you know, all of those things, you know, how would I tackle this? And then you figure this out, and then you try to see how far away you are from this and see, can I inject some of that in my organization in some way? You know, is it is it a different way to uh, to, to develop? And probably, most likely, because... As I say, these things are just shifting so fast that I, I believe there's uh, there are ways to put together solutions today that that, that could be done in, in in two three months. That you know, even three years ago would take a year. Um, and, and so you just 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 take that approach to basically um, remove all your existing constraints to let you think freely about very big goals, um, and then you apply your constraints. And then you try to say, well, some of them I cannot change. So there are constraints and I've got to be creative. I got to say, how do I map this ideal into what I, what I have to deal with? And then if I can't, then that tells you as a business, you probably have a problem. And maybe it's time for you to do some 
drastic changes as far as how you were even organized. And sometimes it could mean, you know what, I need to, I need to spin off a team. I need to have an actual spin off or another uh, division that, you know, and we see that a lot in big companies where you have the, the labs section with people that run by themselves because they just can't change the existing system because it's supporting a business and you've got quarterly results and just can't change fast, right? But maybe you can take another approach to, to have this approach about competing with yourself. Uh, so to speak, it's a good way to surface big things, um, and they are big in idea, but not necessarily in what it takes to put them together. That's that's the key point I think that I want people to understand. They are just big ideas, but it doesn't mean they're hard to put together. They might be hard to integrate with your environment. That's another question, but it's not necessarily hard to put together. And as an existing business with all your customers and your processes, your experience, you have an incredible advantage compared to a startup. Because a startup has to build all of this. So they can do the tech and things as fast as you can if you set it up the right way for you. But you have so much more benefits. And so the companies that kind of thrive and keep on going, they try to have those two things together, right? They have all the experience, they have all the assets of their experience, their customers, the revenue and everything, but they also know how to stay nimble and think like a startup every time, every few months. And then if you can merge it together, then you can just keep on going forever, basically, and you, you grow and grow and get that mentality, right? Then you can see the, you know, Google, Microsoft is also this way and so on. That's how you, you keep going. Otherwise, you, you slowly kind of uh, uh, asphyxiate yourself, right? Wow, that's a great explanation. I I would love I would personally love to see you doing that for a for a big technology uh, business at some point. Hopefully, uh, Microsoft, maybe <laughs> being being on their technology SWAT team. Um. So with that thread, with that thread, yeah. But so- I mean, that's, that's sort of the, that's sort of the world. That's sort of. I, know, I wanted to say that's sort of the I think the world that we have. Uh, yeah. You know, this year and last year, in our accounts is to is to help our customers to think that way and and put it in that motion you know so some of them are already and it's it's a matter of making them realize this is how you this is how you transform and again there might be like some some very low-hanging fruits uh, and those are the ones you want to tackle no i i completely agree with that i mean that's another way of looking at it and instead of doing that for a technology business like in microsoft you do that for a technology business's customers um which that's exactly what we're doing. We're like, yeah. we're like the business transformation team. We go in, we take a look at their current systems, workflows, and completely, we tell them how to do right. it anew, bring the, the, the biggest and the best ideas exactly. right out of research, right out of technology, and we yeah. kind of trying to enlighten them. That's really, that's a great way of looking at it. So what's, so what's next for you, Alex? Like, what are you, what would you love to do? Anywhere, any place, anything. What are you seeing for yourself in the next couple of years? Um, that's a good question. Um, I mean, uh, sh- sh- short term, really, and I mean, I'm just really enjoying um, what I, what I'm doing and kind of the world, and you know, it's it's an incredible position to be in to have access to so much uh, knowledge, you know, cutting edge technology, being that role of being uh, able to be an advisor. I mean, that's what I love doing all those years, and. To me, that role at Microsoft was just such a perfect fit to my personality and my my drive for 
problem solving and so on. So I, I, I love the role. I want to be, I want to go really, really deep in, uh, in AI, machine learning, and really being able to, to, to have the discussions with the data scientists and kind of being able to get faster to what's really possible. Um, and, and because there's a lot of, uh, you know, still some hype around AI and, and people don't really know what AI is. And it's around knowing when, you know, what you're coding AI is maybe just a data problem. It's more like a, it's a, it's just a typical analytics problem compared to an actual, you know, machine learning or deep learning yeah. challenge and being able to, 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 to be much faster there and surfacing what we're talking about and then educating customers. And I think maybe that's the part that I need to develop more. How do we educate customers so they understand the differences and, and we don't get stuck into, into the wrong place? Um, cause there's no point of, you know, using 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 a tool that makes no sense for the phone, so you got to know how to articulate and educate people. Um, so that's for the yeah, that's for the short term. I have bigger long term goals, but <laughs> not appropriate. You don't you don't want to talk about your uh, your, uh, your, no, your, no, your space your space yeah. IP, <laughs> the space yeah, yeah. station no. you're building in your in your uh, in your loft. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, bigger terms. I mean, I, 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 I like to. Um, I mean, I, I'm very interested in uh, in in finance in general, and um, the way that I'm looking at this is I, I realize how poorly educated everybody is in in finance because this is not something you learn at school. Yeah, uh, you learn a lot of things, but you never learn about finance, and people are just lost and make a lot of bad decisions and struggle. And part of the, I think, reason why there's such a, a big gap between uh, you know classes is that. And um, I'd love to 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 be able to help people by really simplifying and enabling, um, you know, the common person to access financial instruments and things that are not available to them uh, to kind of help lift the population up. Um, and, and, and I can see how, uh, you know, there's a few things here that could be done and I'm just, I'm just kind of practicing and exploring, exploring that myself and, and finding ways where, you know, you eliminate risk and get a much better return than your 0.2% uh, saving return, yeah. if not zero. And uh, yeah, it's just education, but it, it's it's tough because it seems complex and it's scary because there's risk involved. So you know, how do you present a package and something to to people? How do you educate people on that? I think uh, it's something that kind of uh, always um, is in my mind. I love to to be able to do something in that area at some point. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's that's one of them. I got another one that's more around. Uh, architecture and, and housing <laughs> and, uh, having more clever more clever more clever and more affordable housing being built uh overall like uh, there's some sort of a something something that bugs me around how uh construction the construction business is uh is, is handling things and how you know the prefab model hasn't really worked and i've got some ideas as to why uh, this is the case and uh, i might start a little something there uh, testing things out by myself, so that's, those are being two two keen interests of mine to, to try to get uh, yeah get better things in the hands of people that that don't get it. That's awesome, Alex. That's really really great. It's, it's such a, um, a differentiated 
um, answer that I've ever gotten on these podcasts or almost anywhere else. It's really that's really awesome. Okay. Well, now I know who to go to for my financial advice. Yes, uh, that's the, and I've already <laughs> yeah. I've already been doing it. I've already been. <laughs> paying, yeah, you got to come. What do I buy? How much do I buy? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's great. It's not really just, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, not really about, it's, it's not. It's not really about the tips because those things don't work. But it's more about your role mindset, know, right? Just understanding your role, financial financial constructs that are available to you, and yeah, exactly. That's that's amazing. Well, thanks a lot, Alex. Well, I I really appreciate yeah. you being on the Data Binge podcast. What's What's the best way of getting a hold of you? Uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, LinkedIn is probably the best way to, to get to me. So I think it's uh, the handle is uh, A-G uh, Deraru, my last name. So that's, I believe, also my Twitter account. So yeah, either way. Okay, okay. Way to reach out to me. And you have a GitHub yeah. profile as well, right? I do, yeah, same handle. Okay, all right. So I'll put yeah, those in the, in the show notes. Yeah, for, yeah, that sounds good, yeah, yeah. Well, right, it was, it was, a, it was a, a, great, a great fun conversation, a good way to start the week. So thank you so much, Derek. And I've listened to all your previous episodes and, you know, it's, it's, it's been really, uh, very interesting, really awesome. I, I love, I mean, I know some of those guys, some of those I don't. And just, uh, it's nice to be able to take time to just, you know, speak about where you come from and so on. So I've learned a lot from the previous podcast and I hope, you know, someone learned something about this one too. Yeah. But great job putting this together. It's really great. Thanks, Great Alex. Yeah, I know yeah, they will. And hopefully we can have you back on another six months once we've uh, done a lot of uh, awesome minimum yeah. projects together. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <That laughs> All right, Alex. Good, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Thank man. You, have a great day. Have a great day. Okay. Bye-bye. Right, take care. Bye. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening today and having some fun with us on the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow me on LinkedIn or at DRUSS Network, D-R-U-S-S Network on Twitter or Instagram, and reach out anytime to connect and talk about how businesses should be becoming more data-driven. The Data Binge Podcast is a personal thought forum where we share knowledge and ideas, views and opinions expressed here do not reflect those of our employer, Microsoft. I really hope you enjoyed. Thank you.